It was one of my friends who I told you about who yeah. had like the Costa Brown Pinot and it like changed it. It was like Russian oh, yeah, Costa, yeah. Costa Brown Pinot. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, it blew my fucking mind. Like it was crazy. And it's like, there's no, he's like, yeah, we got to have that. And I was like, I want to be like, yeah, definitely. Cause I haven't had it and I want to try it. And it's supposed to be like this crazy wine. But in the back of my head, it's like, I feel like I'm definitely not going to like it as much as he does. Yeah. And it's like, I, I still want to have it with him. I mean, like it would be a fantastic time, but people oftentimes get caught up because there is this like stigma and this whole like stupid culture surrounding wine where it's like there is a right and a wrong answer which is the stupidest yeah. fucking thing in the world yeah. it's so fucking dumb and I hate it <laughs> I hate it so hey, much Tom that's why that's why we have a podcast so that that's our true. opinions matter sorry I shouldn't have said your name that's true, that's true. <laughs> this oh, is anonymous as possible asshole. no you said my name like three times I haven't said your name once oh true true, true. Jim <laughs> you fucking bitch uh, just call but, me bitch but yeah, so, <laughs> I'm just I think this is hilarious how this podcast is just like it's just an excuse for us to like drink, drink over yeah. the phone <laughs> together yeah. and then like just record conversations oh, yeah. for when one of us dies tragically we can just like <clears throat> listen to these and just sob while we yeah. drink oh god <laughs> I miss him so much and then you uh, sober up you know you like tell you, you like go into the bathroom and like straighten yourself up yeah and my, my seven-year-old's knocking at the door being like, can I come in and brush my teeth? And I'm just like, go back to bed. You're not going to school <laughs> Call today. Me Jim. Yeah. Call me Jim. Call me Jim. Why does dad want me to call him Jim? In the other room, my poor wife's just sitting. At the... Your lover, Frank. Yeah, she's... <laughs> she's just staring at my lover, Frank, being like, you... You have no idea. You he picked yeah. you up two weeks ago from that bus stop, and mm. it's been all it's been all ambrosia since then. But just wait mm. until you uh, meet Jim. <laughs> mm. Jim is anyway. What well, right? Yeah, I don't yeah. want to say that next part. Anyway, but anyway, so yeah, so the right and wrong answer. It's bullshit. It's stupid. I hate that yeah. fucking. I hate it so much. That's what I tell my wife. And. <laughs> <laughs> what that you hate her no no there's, the right there's no such thing as a right or wrong answer she's like hey mm. sleeping with my sister that was wrong and i'm like what that is wrong? wrong and i'm like whatever there's bitch. no such thing as morality i'm foucault you're chomsky go fuck yourself <laughs> yeah basically yeah basically in a nutshell yeah yeah except uh, if i were foucault i probably wouldn't have fucked her sister mm. anyhow <laughs> Anyhow, um, so, <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, it's like, it's a time and place thing. Who knows? Maybe, maybe there'd be a certain dish where yeah. it's like, I would have these side by side and I'd be eating it. I'd be like, oh no, I don't want the burgundy. I want the, you know, I want but yeah. for whatever, for me, for whatever reason, maybe it's right now. Maybe it's just my personal preference at this point in my life. Maybe in five years I'll change whatever. But for right now, for me, the like Sonoma Coast Pinot's. They're just not, they're just not for me. Yeah. And I'll go back and taste the the burgundy. Oh, I'll listen to you slurp, oh, man. man! It's a good time. Oof. it's just, oh man, the acid driven through. Yeah, and uh, the tannins on there are. Um, I, there's people who listen, who are I assume are gonna hopefully listen to this. I'll send they them better. the link in the. So tannins are the drying sensation whenever you drink wine, that sort of clinging, mouth clinging sensation. Mm -hmm. And um, they'll, I'll talk to them whenever they'll be like, I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah. Like, all right, fine. But um, to me, on 
they're much the tans are tans are much more like chalky. Yeah. On the burgundy, which people attribute with the soil or whatever, but so that's it's like, it's like if you're like that same like Flintstone whatever vitamin. Yep. That texture. It's a different. Over, it's a different like grit sort of sandpaper. Thing. Like it's the kind of sandpaper. Yeah. That it's oh like, yeah. It's leaving yeah. something behind. Have you been to Have you been to the White Rose tasting room? No. Uh, I need to go up there. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I went there. It's it's super cool. Yeah. There, um, it's like this weird little like dungeon thing on top of this hill. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. And there's like no windows. You go in there. No, the one, the one. And they're like, yeah. And they're like, uh, yeah. So have you ever had our wines before? And I'm like, no. We've been here before. No. Okay, cool. Um. It's like yeah. So we're gonna do a flight, whatever. And like we describe our wines. They always say it's like a. It's like a. Iron fist with a velvet glove on, or some yeah, shit like that, yeah. is what they say. And um, so they're like, yeah, they're describing like different kinds of tannins. Like, here's here are like uh, seed tannins, yeah. here are like barrel tannins, here are stem tannins. They have three different grades of sandpaper you can touch. And, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, cool. I mean, it was yeah. like, like whatever. No, no, but that's and, that's, uh, that's it's like legit, there's you know, so much of, like defining tannins and stuff. Yeah, so so much of I think people's problem though with wine is how much synesthesia you're supposed to just sort of, like, incorporate into the experience. <laughs> right, right. I mean, not to name names, but there are, uh, there, there's a winery uh, um, that I'm well acquainted with who, their whole, they have a whole labeling series that's all about visualizing the <laughs> wine. Yeah. And, it, and it's cool. It is cool, but it, it, it's adding a layer of complexity to, like, it's what, the, the language thing from earlier like it's it, it's all about developing your language and if that yeah. language works for you great if it doesn't right. it just becomes another thing that confuses you into thinking you're not experiencing something you're supposed to be experiencing which right. if you're not experiencing it fine like if, if you're right. drinking it and it's not doing the thing that you that that, that makes you go like oh yeah like it does mm-hmm. you know it's not not every great bottle of wine is like falling in love but you know, it's like wanting but, to I mean, have a one night stand. This was yeah. like watching someone walk by and being like, mm, "Nice." Yeah. But like, but then you do get those bottles, like like your friend had, where you just you just fall in love because yeah. it's amazing. It's this amazing oh, experience. Yeah. And oh, it's nothing like. Yeah. It's it's so incredible. No, the the best bot the the bottle of wine I've had that just like, just the wine itself was more than anything else that I remember was mm-hmm. uh, this bottle of, I think, 2014 Chasson Montrachet, that, mm-hmm. uh, Chardonnay, that just, you know, it just did things that didn't make sense. Like, it, it, it was outside of, <laughs> it was outside of the realm of what I consider to be possible. And mm-hmm. maybe that was because I was already kind of drunk. Maybe it was just what I'd been eating. Like, I don't know. But I remember, yeah, exactly. I remember drinking that wine and going, "This is Chardonnay. This is like why Chardonnay matters to people." Yeah, yeah. And the problem with something like what, what we're doing is we're we're setting this bar for people. Like people have to go and like it's like challenging people to say like you can go have those experiences. You but you have to have them for yourself. Like we, I can't tell you what wine to drink to feel that way tell you wines that i like yeah. to drink but yeah i feel like i got away from your point there at some point like you were saying something about the anthill farms that i just uh, steamrolled over steamroll over me baby mm. just that's mm. what i want 
Chugga, 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 just chugga, destroy chugga. my opinion. Just don't even let me speak. <laughs> I mean, no. <laughs> no. You've had conversations um, with me, Tom. <laughs> I have. I have. We've gotten to long, long conversations where I'm totally content to listening to you rant about uh, how uh, libertarians don't even know what libertarianism is. They're capitalists. For, uh, stooges. 45 minutes. They are. They're extreme capitalists. Anyway, moving on. Uh, um, time you brought him up. <laughs> Fuck him. <laughs> no, 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 no. All right. Anyway, all right, all so right. yeah, I was going back to um, <laughs> Burgundy and how it's just so. Uh, yeah. But uh, that that's just special what it is to me, and yeah. you know, a lot of my favorite wines. Like I'll tell you about that 1971 like Tomasi Amarone that I had. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. One one of the reasons I thought that was so like just like transcendent is because it, it was so. Burgundian, mm. like here's a wine. You have an oral bottle now. You're like, this is this is fucking huge. This is such a big wine. I'll put this away. I mean, I don't even want to drink. Like, this is off-putting unless I have it with food. And you're like, okay, well maybe you know, you have a little more knowledge. And you're like, okay, maybe I'll wait like ten years and you try it. You're like, oh, this is still huge. Twenty, okay, whatever. And then you, like me, you go up and end up in a random wine shop where they have like one bottle that's like a super torn label, and they're like, yeah, I'll give it to you for like I don't know, for a ridiculously low price, and you buy it. Like this is either going to be vinegar, or it's going to be life changing, and it's life changing, and you're like, yeah. "Fuck, this is like absurd, just unreal." Well, that's one of the things that's so funny. I think about like the difference in how you and I approach wine is that like mm-hmm. I just don't have access to wine shops like that out here. Yeah, it yeah, just yeah, doesn't yeah. exist. And yeah, you got to come out here, man. I know, I know. Well, after this, is yeah. Over, so. Well, but the yeah, but the. Uh, the the thing is like even from the other perspective you have those moments like it's not about like it's it's one of the things that's so cool about right it. it's like it's, it's not a good point. it's not like there's no strict definition on when it can happen for you that you have an experience with a wine that like sings that way but yeah but that it is about like an investment of effort like you have to go out looking for exciting things and it's one of the things that like mm-hmm. i envy people who can drink you know I do I legitimately envy people who can drink wine that I c- can't stand anymore. Like, if you can drink Boda Box or Franzia and enjoy it, and it does what you want it to do, and it doesn't give you a headache in the morning, great. But I, I would challenge most people who, like, drink that and enjoy just drinking it to, like, be a little tipsy or a little buzzed to say that they've yeah. ever had an experience with it that made them just well yeah yeah the, and that's was definitive to an amazing evening they had like if you have an amazing evening that is amazing because you are with great friends and you're eating great food and it's just a joyous moment in your life and the name on the label of the bottle of wine you remember from some particular moment of that evening is a detail that sticks with you it's because mm-hmm. that wine was really really special yeah and you know it can happen with it can happen with whatever wine but the, the name the wines that you remember the names of i think i think there's yeah. something to that and i like i don't know maybe i'm going off the romantic train but like wine is it's there's and it's something that we both have to admit to in wanting to do this is like there's a romantic mm-hmm. quality to wine that is just oh, 100%. so valuable it's so wonderful. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's the thing is that one of the things I love about wine is that it's like, well, well, 
that I love about it that it's it's hard to it, it just doesn't translate is that until somebody has that experience with wine like my friend did or like you did or I did um, where you're like it just clicks and you're like whoa holy yeah. shit it's, it's like it's like being in like a movie yeah you know where like there's something that everyone the else music can't swells see. like there's something yeah you know yeah, you're yeah. in the perspective of one character right then Right, right, and like nobody else can see it except yeah. you and a few other people have this like visionary experience. We're like, whoa! Like I didn't know that this thing existed, and you're like, yeah, and you're walking among people who don't really understand it. Yeah, and like it's like it's not that they don't understand it; it's just like, or it's just that they don't understand it like yet. And it's like until they have that own personal moment that you can't really force on anybody until it just whatever happens to yeah, like mm. pass yeah. you know come upon them. And some people it's not even intentional. Some people are like, oh come on, just try this bottle of wine. And they're like, okay, fine, they take a glass. And that's all it takes. But some people you have to like sort of, I mean, not intentionally go like, you know, a lot of it is like you're not drinking all these wines with the intention of hopefully this is going to be the one that blows my mind. It's like, yeah, that kind of defeats the purpose of it. But um, yeah, it is totally romantic. You're right. Yeah. No, I like, I, I, an anecdote I love telling people about like when people are like oh i don't know, i don't know wine or like you're like try this pinot noir and it's like oh i don't know anything about wine it's like no it's it's really besides the point i want you to try this pinot noir because like it took me i, I like to tell people it took me six years of drinking pinot noir not like a lot just like tasting it just knowing the taste of pinot noir to like it mm-hmm. and yeah. i started liking pinot noir when i was 14 like yeah <laughs> like because yeah. I was a kid, and my dad would tell me, like, hey, come here, taste this. Like, just, like, and I would take a sip out of his glass of wine. And I just did it because it was, like, this ritual for such a long time. And then, and I don't even remember what wine it was, but it just clicked with me one day. I think it was probably wine he'd made, where I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, this is good. This is really, really good. This is, like, man, I get why he's been telling me to taste this for so long. Because, like, I get what I learned from all of those experience tasting this thing to understand yeah. why this one is good there's again like yeah. like music like you can listen to a lot of music and you can enjoy bad music and you can enjoy music that's really really complicated but like music that really matters to you you won't necessarily understand but you'll just know that it does but like Pino's really really weird because it that is the whole of where it exists like it's just it's just about being in that window like and it's 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 I don't know. I feel like Pinot Noir is always driving it, doing that for you. It's not just meant to be table wine that you just like, you know, throw back. Or at least that's, I don't know. That's not how people in the wine industry treat it at all. Exactly. I mean, I think also we have, you know, sort of warped perspectives based on people who have, you know, spent a lot of energy and uh, gone through a lot of... uh, Things that we wouldn't choose to go through <laughs> to pro- to pro- to produce, yeah, like wine made from Pinot Noir, yeah, you know, yeah, like so it's I mean because you know you go through obviously like similar things you know, um, both made things that other than Pinot so it's like it's a similar sort of experience and you so you can say that about really making any wine yeah but it's somewhat like when I was when I made anything else it, it wasn't ever like. Maybe it's just because it was the thing that I liked. Like I, yeah. I went into it knowing, oh god, I love Oregon Pinot. I really want to make, like, yeah. just pour my heart into this and make this already. I don't know if it was some preconceived notion, but um, when I was working in Napa, it was like 
I still want to do a really good job on everything, but like those are probably those and a couple other cabs, um, Gergich and stuff where that have been like, I, I fucking love those wines. Yeah. But the same thing, it doesn't doesn't resonate. Yeah. With me to the same degree. That bottle of like 2006 Gergich. Mm-hmm. My friend and I will be like, we were like dying over it, you know. Yeah. But the fact that it required like. 14 years of bottle age on one of the most well-made, in my opinion, uh, cabs in Napa to get me to swoon to the degree that I have from, I don't know, like, probably to the same degree as I did when I had, uh, uh, fucking, I don't know, one of the, the, like, the Lumos barrel. Like, honestly, like, that or another, uh, Bottle Burgundy that I had, like the different Pinot or a bottle of sh- like anything of a couple of Chablis and a couple of Rieslings and mm-hmm. wines like that where I was like, "Fuck, this is so good," you know, where those you could just buy them off the shelf, or yeah. buying a retailer or, or, or like current vintage rather than being like, "Okay, no, for cab, I need, I need this, I need this, I need this, I need this," you know. Yeah. So, um, and I'll, I don't know. Well, I don't that's know. so like yeah. I mean I guess the, the, there is there is something to appreciate about. Everything, or I like to be able to, you know, I like to think there's something to appreciate about everything. And with me, it's just like cab and the bigger wines. Like, I have a bunch of them, like, in, in the cellar and stuff. I just, I'm not going to touch them for, like, 15 years or something. Yeah. No, the, um, it's something that we should do a whole, like, conversation about is, like, age and, and what you can, what mm. you can go oh, to a, a shop and expect to be able to find a buy and, and expect mm-hmm. to be able to find a buy reasonably. And then what it takes to, like, like to some of these d- experiences we're talking about, you invest in having yourself and then being able to offer to other people by buying certain bottles of wine and hanging on to them forever. Like this bottle of Irie mm-hmm. Pinot you know, that I'm drinking, I bought with the full intention that I would hang on to it for anywhere up to, like, 10 years. Yeah. Because I knew that no matter when I opened it, it would be valuable. It'd be delicious. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah, great. Yeah. I'm just drinking it right now. I haven't had dinner yet. I feel like I feel no regrets. It's you know, it's, right. it's fantastic. <laughs> and literally the perfect bottle of wine for me, in terms of orienting a conversation around Pinot Noir, because it's just so much mm. a distillation of what you know I think of when I think of Pinot Noir, which. Right. It's one of the things that's interesting about all of wine too is like that abstract sense of like when you've had a experience like a bottle of wine that makes you that like the Gergich you're talking about, you create all of these like Oh, it's so well, good. You, and you do all of these things in your memory <laughs> to like hold on to that. But then mm-hmm. as soon as you do that, you destroy the possibility that like that exact bottle of wine will be quite that way again. Because yeah, that yeah, emotional totally. experience is a separate thing from like the wine right. itself. <laughs> Yeah. In a weird way. No, hundred percent, and that's yeah. No, that's that's another thing I was gonna bring up before, where it's like, like that bottle of Amarone. Like, yeah. Let's say, I um, with my friend, uh, my, with whatever two months ago or something. Yeah. If I just like went over his house, whenever the fuck this is over, and like in two months, whatever, and brought another bottle over, we'd be like, oh shit, and we would number one have the expectation, yeah, that it was gonna be as good as last time, but also. At the last time, like, I had it brought over, we were both like, this is going to be amazing, or this is going to be vinegar. And it happened to be great, but also, like, like one of his friends was over, and it was like, I hadn't seen him in a while, and it was like, it was a whole fucking evening. And, like, 
people would come into the wine store and be like, hi, yeah, we had this bottle of wine. It was like a cab. It had like had like red writing on it. <laughs> no, when my husband proposed to me, we had a bottle of it. And I just want to find it again. Like right now, I just want to let you know, even if we found it, don't drink it. Like yep. it w- it's not going to be as good as when you first had it. Yeah. Just get something else, you know, because, you know, sure, do it, but it's going to be like an enormous letdown probably. And it would have to be so much better the second time yeah. than it actually was the first time unless you're in the same exact mental state, which you could not have been, to replicate that moment. And what you really want is to replicate that moment. You really don't want to just drink that bottle of wine. Yeah. So it becomes this whole other fucking thing. And it's like, all right, well, rather than trying to recreate that experience, why don't you try to, like, don't try to create another experience, but just, like, I, I, I don't know. Well, I mean, a, it ends up being like a whole fucking the, conversation. The rediscovery of something rather than the recreation of it is... Exactly. Yeah, yeah that's an excellent way to put it. Uh, the, um... Yeah, I, I mean, that's a theme that, like, if... if the <laughs> It's a theme in wine that is... I mean, it's why wine is so, like... It's so annoying to talk to people who love wine because... You'll have these moments where they'll be like, oh, yeah, I got this bottle of this wine that I love. Like, it's amazing. I had this once, and it just, like, changed my perspective. And then they open it for you, and you drink it, and you're like, wow, this is pretty good. And they're like, oh, it's – no, but it's not right. It's not as good as it was. Like, Yeah, yeah. I, I, it, like it will never be. Yeah, no, that's the point. That's, like, that's, like, literally a bottle stored exactly the same way as the one you had, but, you know, however many months or years older – than the one you had will be different because there's this slow development that happens in wine that is un you know untraceable like you cannot track it bottle to bottle because bottles are stored so differently and the 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 truth is that bottle wine is an ongoing chemical process albeit a very slow one and you there are these peaks and valleys of when it'll taste good versus when it won't that are you know the, the, the nice thing about wine that ages well is those peaks start to last a really, really long time. Um, but, you know, that it's it's so hard to so hard to guess. And you just, you can't. And, I don't know. It's, it's wine's weird. Wine's weird. It's good. Be glad when it's, it's good. Delicious. Don't worry about it when it's bad. Just try and find another bottle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just, uh... Drink something else. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just fucking, just like what you drink. Yeah. Yeah. Drink what you well, like, like what you drink. Is, you know, yeah. secret type bullshit we're talking about. Well, drink what you like, but also, like, try shit that you, like, one of, I've been buying a bunch of wine for my friends recently, one of my friend's dads, mm-hmm. and uh, well, one of my, the dad of one of my friends, not my dad as Oh, yeah, yeah, you were telling me about dads. this guy. Yeah, Although, yeah. you know, if that's okay, you know, he can do what he wants. He's kind of hot. <laughs> hot um, dad one. <laughs> hot dad number one, hot dad number two. Um, kind of hot dad number yeah, three. Was, dad number three, very on the fence about He that, might be tepid. Know. He might, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and so he was kind of like... Yeah, no, uh, I, I picked him out a case, and I was like, all right, here's, and I wrote a little note on it. I was like, all right, here's some things that um, I know you're going to like. Here's some things I think you'll like and things that I'm curious to know whether or not you'll like. Because worst comes to worst, it's like, I mean, this is fine, but, like, it's not really my thing. It's like, okay, boom, now whenever I know I recommend wine to you, cross that 
not like that one particular style of that one grape off of the list. Okay, I'm not going to suggest that anymore. Yeah. About, oh, richer Pinot Noir? Not into that? Okay, that's off the list, you know? So, yeah. that sort of thing. Um, and so, it's just like, I don't know, people are, uh, people people like to be comfortable and like to be in their sort of ways, but if you really want to know, like, hey, I didn't know I liked Mavedra, like, you wouldn't know unless you tried it. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know. No, it's, it's like, uh, there's this whole you know then then you get into the whole scale of like how much do I like this kind of wine versus how much do I want to spend on it versus what do I want to drink it versus, yeah you know like what, what what like what we've been talking about what meals do I want this wine with versus can I have this wine without a meal do I want to drink wine without a meal to go with it like what mm-hmm. there's so much built into there's there's so much of a built-in culture to wine before you drink wine and have your own opinions about wine that like you know it's like like it's it's like anything that with that much cultural history it's like uh it's like the metaphor i want cultural history well the metaphor i want to go with is like the sex where it's like yeah you you, Uh you're gonna hear a lot more about it before you have it than you know than you're gonna be able to control so good luck having your first experience with it be something that you're in control of yeah (laughs) good point (laughs) yeah i don't know and then and then have as much of it as possible (laughs) so that you learn what you actually like yeah Yeah. that's a good point i don't know i don't mean it man music probably would have been more (laughs) like more restrained analogy to go with but more illuminating Mm. no it's also true i don't know but all those, all know. of those I things mean, that like there's, there's if as long as there's an industry just based on critique of a thing, you know that yeah. interacting with that thing is gonna suck on some level, until you have an experience yeah. that makes you go, oh right, I love this for how it right. affects me. Now, I don't have to care right. what that critical consensus out there is. I don't have to, I don't have to worry about that because yeah, I suddenly yeah. have an orientation to myself within this thing mm-hmm. yeah totally and i think um i don't know i think the the culture surrounding wine we should just like cut this episode in half and just be like the second half is called wine culture yeah so. probably but um i don't know i mean like we will go on endless rants about this yeah time, sure. oh yeah but not um, that there weren't endless rants in the earlier part of the episode right right <laughs> <laughs> but i oh god i, I want to save my rants about uh, psalms for another time, <laughs> dude, dude. yeah, <laughs> no, buddy. but I mean, no, so it, it's bad because I have a bunch of very no, good friends who a are a bunch of songs. people I know and, and really like art. Yeah, no, no, yeah, 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 yeah. But then also there are people who I know who are not psalms and like have that same sort of affect. Like, uh, like, yeah, 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 yeah. So it's uh, it's not independent of whether or not you're not and you're a psalm, but it's I mean. Well, you know, correlation there. Draw the correlation not, with you know. fucking literature, which is like having an opinion about uh, to to go for a real juicy example right off the bat. Having an opinion about Gravity's Rainbow is different from reading and enjoying <laughs> Gravity's Rainbow if you're a lit person, right? Right. So it's like if you're somebody who wants to give out your opinion or an opinion that people should have once they've read that book, that makes you a very mm-hmm. different person than somebody who reads it and goes, "Yeah, whoa." I enjoyed it, but yeah. <laughs> don't know what to tell you, buddy boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm having to. No, I know you were like, just don't don't try to like go word by word. Just kind of just go through it the first time, and then you can go back afterwards. I mean, as much as you I mean, can. Some of the, like, I mean, but some of the sentences are just so like they're just so pretty. Oh yeah, it's like no, I just want to read this over like three or four times in a row just because it's like that. That that book uh, lands the line like it earns the sentence. They're in love. Fuck the war. Like it's just like yeah. you're like whoa. <laughs> How'd you do that? <laughs> I like. I believe that like emotionally, that that yeah. m- means something to me. Uh, and also, it's right. just syntactically such a joke like it's it's a joke of phrasing that you could you could come up with sentences that simple and profound it's inherently mm-hmm. got this humor to it yeah through profanity and whatever else but that it also lands in a place where it's not sentimental it's just accurate is it's such a good book um yeah <laughs> yeah i'm working on it page 18 out of 850 oh, yeah, or something like that so working on uh <laughs> I, I was i was looking back at snippets from that i don't know i watched a few minutes of somebody reading it was somebody's quarantine video where they're reading gravity's rainbow out loud and they're reading the banana section you were talking about and mm. i love that chunk so much like just like yeah yeah the whole character of pirates really good he's a, he's a, he's a yeah good. But it is like wine where it's like, it, so literally in a, in a, um, I feel like I once again derailed a point you were already making to take it in my own direction. Uh, I'm going to keep doing it. (laughs) One of, one of my early experiences in the wine industry was with this guy who came, helped us for a couple hours because he was looking for, he was looking for one of our coworkers and she was out. And we were like, yeah, she's not around. Uh, she, she'll be back later, probably, if you want to help uh, until then. <laughs> she never came back. Um, <laughs> he just sorted <laughs> sorted berries for us, <laughs> like berry nice. by berry, to get all the green strawberries out this weird wine we were making. And um, mm-hmm. he like overheard us talking about a couple of wines and a couple other things. I don't remember exactly what happened, but he showed up one night at this party we were all having with a six pack of like he he brought a, a couple of Grand Cru Burgundies, he brought like yeah, no, he brought like different vintages of the two wines we were talking about so we could compare them with mm-hmm. the ones that we'd had. Oh it like yeah. he was just on a he was he was trying to impress. Uh yeah, he had a seller. Yeah. Well he works for a distributor, but he was like Oh, okay. But he was, yeah. you know, he was trying to impress the coworker that hadn't been there when he showed up originally, mm-hmm. and um, the whole thing was very funny. Like it was just a very like contra- like it felt like something from a stage play. Like this guy should, like we'd been mm-hmm. preempted that this guy was going to show up because he'd sent a text to that coworker and she'd read it to us, and it was just so ornate in its construction. It was like a fucking text message, but it was like, yeah, no. Yeah. Um, the subtext there is want a bone <laughs> um anyhow mm-hmm. this guy shows up <laughs> we meet him he comes to this party with all of this wine and then midway through the evening um like well, more than midway through the evening like 
two-thirds, three-quarters of the way through the evening. We're sitting there. We're all toasted. Like, we're all well drunk. And he says, you know, like, oh, yeah, no, I really, like, had an experience with this after, you know, I was just, like, that was a weird couple of years. Like, that wine hit me. Like, I just got really into it at this time where, like, my, my life had been destroyed by this novel that I was reading it's called Gravity's Rainbow. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately for this guy, I was part of that conversation. <laughs> and was just like oh yeah and then i was really excited about it i just like was in another room and i came around the corner just like fuck yeah let's talk about gravity's rainbow (laughs) and he was like wait what (laughs) but um i a couple days later after i'd sobered up i was talking to uh the co-worker who was the target of all of this um all of this effort that this guy was putting in um I was talking to her sister, and she was like, oh, yeah, how did the rest of that night go? Because she was there and then left before, like, Gravity's Rainbow came up. And I remember mm-hmm. saying, like, oh, yeah, he, later in the evening, like, brought up and wanted to talk about how he'd read Gravity's Rainbow. And if there's one thing about somebody who wants to talk about Gravity's Rainbow, it's that you shouldn't trust them. And mm-hmm. uh, I hold that true of myself in this moment, uh, and generally. But, like, the... the um, the ornamentation of literature with criticism is a funny thing because a literary object it 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 is more stable than wine mm-hmm. but also fundamentally probably less true like and that's a very, very over-the-top statement. But, like, the, the, the physical realities that go into a bottle of wine being uh-huh. being outside of complete control is, is a fact. Like, when, you know, when you're talking to somebody who's like, yeah, the limits are now technology, they're denying uh-huh. the fundamental nature of wine, which is nature itself, which is, like, climate, plants, a growing season, a fermentation process that's based on fungal microorganisms, all of these things that we can generalize about but not control and right the opposite of that is something built entirely out of language which is using the thing that we experience and describe the world to ourselves through to make something and to try and impact people and Mm -hmm. wine part of how it does that is outside of our control so like the the two spheres of criticism are very funny because they both are this they're they're both reflections upon upon some relationship to those artistic constraints of like what what your raw materials are and what you do with them versus how that makes people feel and then you as a critic are outside of all of that saying this is how it's supposed to make you feel this is what you know this is what you should glean from it mm-hmm. um, I'm not gonna re-listen to that part of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you should. You definitely should. Yeah, uh, nice. just you know, listen to myself expound upon. We can also edit it. Out I don't. I don't give a that. shit. Like, if people are going to be listening to this, they're going to put up with me talking at you in that way. You you put up with it, so that's yeah. fair. I do put up with it. Yeah. I appreciate it. But uh, Is it, you know, we yeah. should do what. I think we should. Uh, next episode, we just. Um, I say we just buy uh, a couple bottles of Bionic Fresh. Hell yeah, my guy. Yeah. 
Ooh, <laughs> so we buy a couple, gotta, couple gotta, of gotta, bionic gotta, frog and just dump it down the drain. Ba ba boom. Are you saying you don't want to drink wine with a price tag that is both prohibitive and uh, preposterous? Just offensive. I, I, I don't want to get on the bad side of fucking those guys because like everything I've ever heard about their wines is really cool and their wine making and their wine growing is really cool. I can't afford any of their wines. I don't have an opinion about any of their wines. I just have an opinion about that fucking label and the price tag associated with it. Right, but I'm telling you, like, if someone was like, you tried this wine and we're like, oh, this is really good. How much is it? And they were like, uh, $350. Uh, Would you be like, oh, uh, yeah, no, you can, like, you can fuck yourself. <laughs> like, I was I was at this tasting and, um, uh, I was in this tasting in New York and it was just one of the Italian tastings I went to recently. Yeah. And uh, there was some producer, I can't remember which one. I can't find it. Oh, here we go. Uh, Roberto Vorzio. V-O-E-R. Uh, V-O-E-R-Z-I-O. Roberto Vorzio. And I was like, oh, cool. Like, we, like I, I, had, I know that his wines are, like, really expensive. And I was like, okay. V-O-E-R. V-O-E-R-Z-I-O. Roberto. And I was like. Yep. Roberto Verrazio, yeah. I was like, I know these wines are really expensive, like whatever. So, I tried the tried the. Um, yeah, it was like pouring a Barbera, and then oh, it was pouring a. Yeah, 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 yeah. I. Th- and I I tried uh-huh. the Barolo, and I was like, yeah, no, this is good. This is this is really good. And then I tried the, and I was like, I'm not gonna ask because I know it's gonna be like like three hundred dollars or something. And I tried the the Barbera. I'm like, yeah, the Barbera is like pretty good, um, you know. Uh, and they was pouring out of um, like mags. Yeah. And this whole time, like, turning to my friend, you know, I turned to Steve, and I was like, no, this is pretty good. Like, what do you think? Why not? And it's pretty good, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, how much is it? And then he was just like, no, no, he was like, 435 I was like, $435 for a mag of Barbera. And he was like, yep. Like, very, like, confidently, like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, wow, you can actually go fuck yourself, because that is, that's, that's just murder. Yeah. Like, and we talked about this, like, n- like, no... No wine should cost fucking more than two hundred dollars. No, yeah, like that's that's it's, ridiculous. Yeah, it's just unfinished vinegar. But you're, yeah. but yeah, yeah, but like oh so my God, I think just... I've actually had one of his wines. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm not complete. Doesn't he barrel age it for a really long time? I yeah. Think so. So I think I've tried one of his Barolos. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, we had a guy living with us a couple years ago, back in 2017 actually. Mm-hmm. Who um, he uh, he's a psalm in New York City. Um, I should mm-hmm. actually try and get you in touch with him. Probably uh, mm. he's a, he's a, he's a good dude. Um, but he he's, he just would open these bottles that were like bonkers um which mm-hmm. also like, led to a couple funny like moments where he was just like opening shit and he was like oh we should open this bottle too because there was a bottle sitting on the counter it was like oh no 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 that's a it's a bottle from laura's birth year like we shouldn't open it <laughs> um 
It's like Irie showed me. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> belonged to her, and she was married on it and stuff. And it's like, ah, uh, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. It, like you're in a mindset where it's like, like in terms of what wine you're thinking of opening right now, like makes sense. It's crazy, but it makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. But like, ah, uh, not that one. <laughs> um, at the moment, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, he's he's a he's a good dude, but he's like he's he's in with Italian wine in a way where like he was just drinking some serious shit, and I think he opened a bottle. Mm. I think it was this. Uh, you know, it was a while ago, and I forget. I think I might have a picture of it somewhere, but but yeah, I mean it's it's delicious. No, it was really good. I mean, we, it, I t- t- talking about it, <laughs> um, Julia and I were like, oh yeah, this is great it should have been opened in like another five or ten years like it just was so oh yeah yeah like, yeah whoa oh yeah no it's super super traditional and it's they, they're meant to whatever you don't drink them for fucking 25 yeah. years or something which is like cool you know great i like that but also uh just fucking like if you're gonna sell me a fully mature like 30 year old bottle of this wine for that price sure Fine. Okay, I understand that. Yeah, but to sell me like a current release bottle of your wine for like three hundred and fifty dollars is just fucking—it's murder, yeah. dude. It's ridiculous. Oh, it's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So the the only one that I could see that would make sense to charge that much for—I mean, not, not like fifty thousand yeah. dollars—that's fucking ridiculous. But to charge like the price that they mm-hmm. do. Is maybe Chevy yeah no Ekem Ekem is a perennial I mean we we've talked about it before but like it's a perennial exclusion yeah. to the rule because what they do is yeah. literally ridiculous it's, it's, it is unique it's, yeah it's yeah and there are other Sauternes producers that also deserve like high high praise mm-hmm. and high bottle prices for sure but like yeah. Ekem yeah, is like it is bonkers it, it's like this Italian producer like admittedly what they do is awesome and really really special. But Ikem, like, I've, I think, I've never tried it, as far as I can remember. Me neither. Um, yeah. Everyone I know who has tried it has been like, yeah, it was amazing. And it and it's a different response than mm-hmm. people I know who've tried, like, I know people who've tried DRC and, like, tried multiple iterations of DRC. And it was only, like the most competent thoughtful wine like professional that i've known who's been able to say that who gave me like a real description of drc and didn't just kind of write it off as not very good or like not mm. that's not fair but like made excuses for why the bottle wasn't in great shape and mm. his description had to do with it being like very umami like just this incredibly savory like umami mm. character that you just beyond what you could get from other you know other pinot noir but uh, but he was the only person that I'd ever had I'd ever have tell me in clear terms what their experience tasting DRC was like. Most people I've mm-hmm. known who've had DRC are like, yeah, I really I don't know how to describe it. It's like okay, mm-hmm. but was it good? <laughs> They're like, well, I really don't know how to yeah, describe it. Yeah. Like that, like that's not helpful. Like that's that's a very right. uh, you know. Whereas everyone, everyone I know who's had a chem is like, yeah, oh my god, it's amazing. Yeah, but I think, 
And I, I, I think the DRC really is special and valuable, but it's it's hard because like they charge way more for a bottle of DRC than they do for a bottle of Ekem. No, Ekem is a very cool artifact of wine culture, but I feel like that's what they are at this point, is they're an artifact of wine culture because they... And they're interesting because they can't charge more than that. Like, it, it feeds back into the Pinot Noir thing, but... Sauterne and dessert wine exist in this different sphere where Chateau and Chateau et Chem mm. is is constrained by a niche understanding of what their wine is. Basically, anyone on the planet, I think, would like it if they tried it, yeah. but they're not going to think to go try and buy it. Whereas, that's a good point. Yeah, Domaine de la Romanicanti is the cr- the creme de la creme of wine as an idea in a lot of people's heads. Yeah. So you go spend yeah. this insane amount of money on it. Or, you know, the same is true for Gaia, I guess, out of uh, out of Italy. Um, yeah. Like, you just have these ideas of wine that then, uh, you know, correlate to... Like, which is one of the... It's just, Although, it, I hate to say it. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, I hate to say it at that Barolo Barbaresco tasting. Tried some Gaia wines. Yep. Yeah. Delicious. No, I, I, I completely no, I completely believe that those and and Domaine Romanicanti are exceptional wines. The problem is you can't get yeah. honest answers out of people about trying them. Right. If they have so like if they have another wine in mind that they preferred, but they understand mm-hmm. there's this culture that has to be upheld in terms of the market of wine because that's a big the the culture of wine can't be separated from the market of wine and it's Mm, one of the huge problems with it as like as an art form or as a as a agricultural product is like most agricultural products are not more complicated than their existence uh and 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 the difficulties of that like that that's an incredibly complicated thing but when it comes to like lettuce there are not that many people saying like oh this is the best ground in the world to grow lettuce they might be saying like oh mm-hmm. he grows really really good lettuce because he manages his land well but people right, are saying right, that right. all over the world whereas like domain mm-hmm. de Romanicanti exists on the most valuable piece of agricultural land in the world and that's a very weird thing and it and it in a weird way, if you get deep enough into like the whole culture of it, starts to strain on the um, the 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 culture of like market relations itself. Besides the culture of wine, but like mm-hmm. the idea of a market or where a market's value comes from or how a market's va- sets of value yeah. determined. Yeah, that makes sense. Become this incredibly uncomfortable relationship if you dig deep enough into it. Especially when, in the yeah. case of like DRC, if you go back enough years, back when you, what you were saying, like it used Chateau de Chem's price has been pretty, pretty, you know, unflappable. It it it's increased mm-hmm. over time, but it it not not exponentially. Whereas like Domaine de Romanicanti was you could buy it back in nineteen ninety nine. No, maybe nine ninety nine, mm-hmm. but like back in nineteen ninety five, you could buy bottles of it for yeah. a couple hundred dollars. Not yeah, yeah. now. It's just yeah. Absurd. Now you have to be able yeah. to like, you have to be able to throw yeah. money away. Yeah, I was listening to I think it was uh, maybe a Guild Song podcast mm-hmm. or something, 
where they were interviewing, I think maybe the, uh, it wasn't the winemaker at, at Chateau du Cannes, yeah. but it was some, I don't know, somebody from there. And they were describing it, and then they were talking to him, and he was like, no, yeah, like, you, like, today, you you literally, you could not create a winery like no. this. Like, the only reason that this exists is because it was started so long ago, and they started doing things like this, because he's like, because in, in the vintages that aren't perfect, we don't make yeah. wine. We just don't do it. He's like, nowhere else can we afford to do that, but we can do it. Because we have that much like support and structure in our business, where we can just afford to do that for a year. Yep. Holy shit, that's yeah. wild. That is no, so in years crazy. where, it, and it's not even like they'll make the wine, and if the wine isn't good enough, once they've made it, yeah, then they, yeah. they don't just dump it out, but they give it to like any year that Ikem doesn't get made, go buy Sauternes from that region of France because yeah, yeah, they are Ikem. Ikem has gone into them. Like the rest of the wines are better in yeah. the years that Ikem doesn't make them because their wine is not up mm-hmm. to snuff, but that still means it's this exceptional product. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, dude, I love Sauterne. It's so. It's fun. so good. And you can get obnoxiously yeah. good deals. Like I had a bottle of Steve. It was like fifteen yeah. bucks, and it was so. No, it's good. such a weird wine because because it ex- because of its <laughs> price point existence and like yeah, but because it's so stable, like. Ikem lasts so long. Like, mm-hmm. bottles go and go and go and go and go and go. And then you open them, and they're, they're still interesting. They're still they're still valuable. And yeah, that's a, it's a very special thing. It's, it's one of those weird things that, you know, it's part of, it's part of, it, it's part of wine culture that's really, really special is that there are these, these businesses that, like, like, if you tried, like what you were saying, like, the fact that a winery like Ikem can exist in this world is great because mm-hmm. you couldn't start it now. Like you can't you can't start a business like no. that now unless you were Jeff Bezos. Right. And he's not starting businesses like that. He's just trying to figure out cuz he's a bitch. I mean, if Jeff Bezos and Elon if oh. Elon Musk was actually cool, he'd be investing in shit like that. He'd be Oh, that would be, I, I would actually kind of, I would hate to respect him, but I probably would. No, but he's not doing it, so you don't have to worry about it. But, like, no, if he were just true, like, oh, hey, Ikem is super cool, and I have a functional enough understanding of what it is as a product to understand that I would have to invest, like, a <laughs> billion dollars in some people that I trusted implicitly to do the work mm-hmm. that would be incredible. Like, you just have to invest a billion dollars to get that off the ground, and then you would never make that money back. Yeah. That's not the point. You can't make that money no, back. No. But those are, you know, those are yeah, the products of aristocracy. Yeah.